0: NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, is presented by MyBookie.ag. The MyBookie Turkey Day free play is back this Thanksgiving. That's this week, baby. That's in two days. That's right, up to a $250 free bet on the Texas versus the Lions exclusively at MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP. Rossa brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive. Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the app store and use promo code SGP for an instant deposit match up to $50. That's thrivefantasy.com. Promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. And finally, we're brought to you by our friends at Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead head providers and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Hello and And welcome to NBA Gambling Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, Rich Fat Baby McKee. Welcome to a Thanksgiving week where uh, Rich Fat Baby, I'm sure, will be getting much fatter. And I am joined by my co-host, give it up for Zach Swiss Bank Broner. How are you doing, my man?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, Great seeing you. And uh, look, NBA season starts in about what, eight days here, training camp starts. So um, it's time to really uh, start locking it in here.
0: That is fucking crazy to think about. I, you know, I hope that you don't get too tired of me. We were going to have a little bit of a break coming off of uh, our daily podcast talking during the NBA bubble, but you're just going to have to keep rolling with me right into the next season. You know, you're not going to have a break for me at all.
1: Are, are you speaking to me or the listeners <laughs> <We're both.
0: laughs> I'm, I'm I guess uh I was mostly speaking to you but now that I think about it probably also the listeners <laughs> um yeah no I mean it, it's exciting it's it's definitely going to be um this is one season leading into another one unlike any other and there's also because of that, there's so much news to talk about that's condensed into just the last week. I mean, I can't remember a week ever like this in the NBA free agency.
1: Can you? No, I mean, I, I think it's it's funny that I thought the players did really well and that made for an interesting offseason. I think people thought that teams would not be willing to spend money with the COVID pandemic, but um you know, when you have Mason Plumley was the first, one of the first signings that popped up that was $25 million to a uh, backup center. And that really kicked off the vibes of just the players doing really well. And that made for a really, really fascinating week. Like you said.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can't, um, it's been fast and furious. All the news that's coming in, the chain, the teams have changed so much. Um, and that's, you know, we ha- you and I haven't had a chance yet to do a wrap up on the NBA draft. So there's all that to talk about and there's all kinds of free agency stuff and there's all kinds of line movement to talk about because of players changing teams. So to I, I, this is just going to be a really fun podcast. I'm really, I've been actually really looking forward to talking about this one. So hopefully too, we have some fun here. Uh, we're going to talk. We're going to start off by talking about rookie of the year odds, and that'll help us kind of frame our discussion around the NBA draft. And then we're going to get into the teams, uh, the NBA championship favorite teams, and how their lines have moved based on the signings they've made or the trades they've made, and So that'll kind of frame how our free agency talk. And then we'll just kind of go with whatever else we want to talk about in biggest moves, even if it hasn't really affect the gambling odds or not. So that should give you an idea of what you'll be listening to today. So first off, let's talk rookie of the year odds. And that'll get us into our conversation about the draft we have checking out on our uh, presenting sponsor mybookie.ag they have lamello ball a uh charlotte uh charlotte hornet he is at plus 400 anthony edwards plus 500 james wiseman plus 500 obi toppin plus 700 killian hayes at plus 800 uh angaku is at uh 14 to 1 Halliburton 14 to 1 uh denny evatt I always fuck up his name. Evita. Demi Avita. Avdia. Yeah. 16 to 1. Akuro 18 to 1. Sadiq Bey 20 to 1. Um Cole Anthony 25 to 1. Patrick Williams 20 twenty Patrick Williams 25 to 1. Devin Vassell, 33 to 1. Uh my guy Jalen Smith on the Suns, 50 to 1. <sighs> we can talk about that pick. But off the top. Uh, before we really just talk about the draft in general, which of those odds stick out to you as best bets?
1: Yeah, well, I think what's what's interesting about this year's Rookie of the Year group is that, you know, look, with the, with the Hornets side and Gordon Hayward and the Warriors being in win-now mode and the Wolves being in win-now mode, it doesn't really seem like LaMelo or Anthony Edwards or James Wiseman, your top three picks, are going to be in like an all-you-can-eat situation where they have the opportunity to put up crazy numbers. I mean, Yes, the Hornets are probably going to be bad, but they do have some mouths to feed now with Gordon Hayward and uh, Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier all being, you know, possible pick and roll ball handlers on that team. So I look at Obi Toppin at seven to one as the best bet for someone who's going to put up crazy numbers in like an all you can eat offensive type role.
0: Yeah, I think that that's a really good perspective. I was also looking at that I mean, they're your Knicks. How do you feel about them taking him?
1: I, I didn't love the pick, to be honest. I think he's much more of an offensive type player. Um, and with RJ Barrett and Mitchell Robinson, I mean, there's, there's a chance that RJ Barrett is, is a power forward in terms of a true role for where he'd be on this team. So I think it's a little bit of a clunky fit now with, with Toppin. I, I, understand the pick he's a new yorker through and through obviously had that sweet press conference like very emotional right after um so this is a cool moment but i thought halliburton or vassal were the play in terms of i took vassal in the um nba mock draft uh on sgpn i thought we needed more of a support type player to go along with uh rj barrett but definitely i thought there were a lot of surprises in, in that top eight i mean i'm we'll, we'll get to it but um with Patrick Williams going at four, that kind of threw everything up into up into a frenzy.
0: Yeah, and got to give a heads up to Munaf, who uh, before the draft pointed out that Patrick uh, Williams was at plus 275 to go at number four. and I able, was able to grab that. That was one of my better bets. I think Munaf had Toppin going to the Knicks ahead. He had a big bet on that, didn't he?
1: Yeah, I think Moon Munaf just says it. And anytime there's some sort of NBA thing going on, he's in the slack. Just set, he, he's crushing it somehow. Um, he, yeah. There were a lot of sharp plays that looked like in, in the slack that were going off. Um, I know yeah. I, I had a good night. We had. A, I think you had a good night as well. Uh, Cole, did, Anthony, yeah. Cole Anthony going 15. That was a shocker and very sharp by you to get that under 20 and a half.
0: Yeah, yeah, I got that under 20 and a half at plus odds, so I was happy with that. I also grabbed. Uh, Killian Hayes under seven and a half with plus odds when, um, so I was, I was very happy about that bet as well. Um, what do you think about Killian Hayes at eight to one?
1: I I think he will have a big role. So in terms of that, I, I like the, I like the pick. He might be a trendy type pick like being overseas, but the reporting on him and I, I don't know much about his game, but that he's very, uh, raw and is not going to be ready to handle NBA competition. So that kind of scares me away. Um, but what's so weird, like there just aren't that many guys who, I mean, Lamella would be the guy that I think is most likely to like put up the numbers, but I don't love his situation combined with four to one odds. but like you look at Okonwu, like I had no chance in my opinion, he's gonna be a backup big for a bad team, Halliburton maybe, but he's not going to be the he's not going to be a featured role. Um, I look at Denny Avdia at 16 to one as a guy I kind of like, um, you know, he's played good competition for in, in Maccabi Tel Aviv. And now he's on a wizards team that there's been John wall trade rumors, Bradley Beal trade rumors. So he could take on a really featured role for that wizards team. Um, so if you're going on the, at least top names, I think Toppin and Avdia um, out of the quote unquote favorites um, would be my, my two favorite picks
0: are you worried at all? Because you could have had the same argument last season before the season with RJ Barrett, like he's going to the Knicks in an all you can eat situation. And he didn't put up great numbers.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think he didn't put up awful numbers either. He just, he just wasn't that good. I mean, I think I'm, I'm not much of an RJ Barrett fan. I think yeah, I just think he wasn't that good. And obviously, there's there's a chance with all these. I mean, obviously that's sixteen to one. It's not likely to happen, but I could see something materializing around him. He's supposed to be kind of a point forward type. Maybe of a Tyreek Evans type season. Put up a lot of assists and boards, counting stats. Um, but yeah, you're totally right. It's not all situation. You still need a good player. And while I would like to have Lamella Ball here on the ticket, I mean four to one, very very expensive for a guy who realistically and for no reason whatsoever and an absolutely stupid move by Charlotte, it's going to be a second fiddle to a 31 year old Gordon Hayward.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll talk more about the free agent signings and I definitely want to talk about the Hornets cause they just seem like one of the weirdest teams as, as per use. But um, how about Weissman with Clay going down? Is there a world where, the Warriors change up just their overall strategy and feature him a little more. And
1: he's brought up by all these smart players. Yeah, I actually, I, that's a good point. I do like Weissman. Um, he, he's supposedly like a phenomenal defender or at least has that potential. He'll be learning under Draymond green. So a lot of potential to be great on that end, maybe get a lot of blocks, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, Wiseman could definitely be a good pick. They're very high on him, so it seems like he might be their starting center, which would be tough for my uh, Marquise Chris uh, most improved player <laughs> argument. I, you know <laughs>
0: what, I have that in uh, I have that exact thing to ask you in my notes when we get to the Warriors free agency. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that the advanced analytics. Community has a very good chance of like loving Weissman, so that could help his cause when it comes to rookie of the year. Um, you know, the uh wind shares and wind shares per 48 minutes tend to um tend to skew towards centers, at least young centers, in the early couple parts of their season. So I think you could see Weissman putting up some not like monster numbers like scoring numbers like probably Lamelo has a chance to or top but i could see you know the 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 analytics nerds coming in here and saying like weissman is clearly the best rookie on a maturity level on a uh as a way to help his team actually win level
1: yeah i i, I totally agree with that take i mean I think Wiseman is going to be good. Um, it's just such a shame that Clay got hurt. Obviously, we'll, we'll 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 discuss that down the line. Who do you like more in terms of longer shots, guys farther down the board?
0: Who, um, I mean, we 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 just talked. Killian Hayes is. I don't. Let's see. What do you think about Patrick Williams? Because he went so. Hi, what, we, what were we missing early on on Patrick Williams?
1: I mean, I think what's interesting is Patrick Williams was a guy who like shot up everyone's board. It didn't, it didn't. he wasn't a, a known commodity whatsoever. Um, didn't start for Florida State. Obviously, they, they're they a team that likes to play a big rotation, but he kind of came out of nowhere. I think with him, what's going to be tough is that he's going to be asked to play the three, I think. I mean, it seems like it could, if, they're, if they're still infatuated with marketing and and Carter as their front court Patrick Williams gonna have to come in and handle more of a like you know outside for outside inside offensive game where I think his his best opportunity to put up numbers early is as like a finisher and a cutter and a dunker like that This because he's gonna be asked to play the perimeter I think 25 to 1 is a little bit um, expensive for a guy who all things it seems like he's much more of a developmental piece. They think they can mold him into something over time. Kind of like what we were talking about last week. Everyone's looking for their Jimmy Butler, or their Kawhi Leonard now. Um, So he's a guy I think might take a little more time to develop. Um, I I got a couple of long shots. You ready? Should I throw them out? Yeah, throw them out there. I definitely think a couple that I like, and this might not be surprising. Cassius Winston at a hundred to one. Um, Similarly to the Denny Abdia take, I think this Wizards team is on the verge of sort of not collapse, but, you know, kind of crumbling this thing down. John Wall doesn't seem happy. Cassius Winston is, I I thought, was the best player in college basketball last year. One of the best guards in college basketball history um, and an extremely high maturity level, extremely high. You know, he's able to play against physicality. He's not the greatest athlete, but you coming from Michigan State, super competitive environment. Um, and they have already said, you know, he's our backup point guard. We are looking forward to playing him a ton of minutes. He's a guy I think could come in be and play at a high level right away. And you're a John Wall injury away or, or a John Wall trade away from having the starting point guard on a team that last year proved they can have a high-octane offense without star power. Remember, that this Wizards team, like, really showed up offensively last year um, even though they were bad. So Winston, 101 hundred to one. And I mean, that would be a
0: coup based on where he was taken at uh, what number 53 overall in the second round.
1: Yeah. And I, I was shocked. He drew, I mean, he, he was supposed to go like, you know, either late first, early second, he dropped a lot, but the wizards seem to be really high on him. They've already said he's our, he's our backup point guard. So you're not gonna have like a Shabazz Napier or a DJ Augustine stealing that production.
0: And now we just gotta take a quick break to hear from our presenting sponsor, and we'll be right back. Thanksgiving is about traditions, like turducken with mashed potatoes and betting on football with my bookies turkey day free play my bookies third annual turkey day free play returns thanksgiving thursday that's two days away from when i'm recording this right now so get on it it's your chance to bet up to 250 dollars risk-free on the early thanksgiving game the turkey day free play is no risk all gravy On the game's full spread, pick the right team and you win. If your team is upset and loses, your bet up to $250 is refunded before the next afternoon game. New players will get their first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000 to help add even more excitement to the greatest football weekend of the year. That's right. Make your first deposit and get extra cash so you can use on parlays, teasers, and props all weekend long. Use promo code SGP in order to claim your bonus and use that free bet. That's only the beginning because MyBookie has promotions all holiday weekend long. Turkey Day free play is Thanksgiving Thursday. That rolls into Black Friday boosted odds and finishes the holiday strong with buy one, get one free cyber Monday night football. That's why at MyBookie they call football season winning season. Check it out now. No risk. All gravy, baby. Don't forget to use the promo code SGP to claim your freebies. Is John Wall, uh, what's the latest on him? Is he even going to be healthy enough to play? I mean, I know they're talking trade and there's been rumors of all, you know, uh, uh, all kinds of different trades and, and guys going there. Russell Westbrook being one of them. Um, I mean, what's the latest
1: you're hearing on that? Yeah. So all all reporting is that he's healthy, but the situation just seems like it's on the verge of collapse. Like you have public statements by the GM and by John Wall, does he want to be traded? Does he not? He's obviously going through Shams Charania to get that reporting out there, but um, it it seems like he's healthy, but it just seems like a bad situation. And Cassius Winston is going to be a consummate professional too. I think, I think Washington's really high on him. I think, he could play a big role there obviously 100 to 1 you know whatever 99.9 percent of the time this doesn't happen another one yeah. I, another one i mean I, i'll
0: just yeah i just
1: want to
0: jump in here real fast with a couple of thoughts on that and so that would make him if he won rookie of the year that would make him the lowest draft pick to ever win rookie of the year i think before that it was malcolm brogdon at number 36 overall one uh in 2016 2017 and but i do like the thought process of if he is able to become the main point guard the main ball handler there it's the last four rookie of the year winners have been point guards brogdon simmons Doncic, and more even though they're not necessarily all you know simmons and uh luca not the traditional point guards but the main ball handlers you know
1: what i mean yeah 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 i look i mean it's a long shot but like i said i just don't think i don't think that the modal out like there's no modal outcome here i think there's so anybody could truly win this one of those years so another one i like is desmond bain at 50 to 1 um he's going to memphis uh, i think you i think he was picked in the early second round um mm-hmm. this is if you if, if you follow any uh nba twitter draft accounts they were absolutely obsessed with this guy he's like some sort of analytics darling secondary ball handler but really good shooter really good defender um and i look at that memphis team i feel like they're sort of craving one more shooter like they they like to go to grace and allen because he can open things up a little bit but they also like the toughness of dylan brooks and justice winslow Mm -hmm. Um, and Baines is the kind of guy who he could do both of those things. I think he could be a really nice complimentary piece of John Murray in the backcourt, um, 43%, three point shooter in college, um, good defender, good passer. So, you know, again, big long shot, but at 50 to one, this is a guy, I see a role materializing for him that I like, you know, playing second fiddle in Memphis, potentially being, you know, a five or six assist type guy, maybe double digit scoring, um, is the upside you know, experienced players. So I don't think they're looking, I think he could play right away. So, um, at at 50 to one, I like him a lot more than the other guys in this range, you know, RJ Hampton, Jalen Smith, uh, Poku, um, Malachi Flynn, all guys that don't project to play nearly as much as Desmond Bain could this year. So. Yeah. I I like Bain a lot.
0: Two thoughts around that general range. Um, because everybody, especially after last season, was so excited about Miami Heat and their uh, their ability to spot young talent, their player development, is there a storyline where we get more of a focus on uh, Precious Achua to, uh, is there a world where he's starting, he's able to get minutes in? At the in the heat, I don't know. Like, am I am I just crazy? Like throwing this out there at all?
1: No, I mean I think obviously if the heat, whenever the heat draft, there are a couple organizations. Whenever they make a draft pick, you got to pay attention because they know what the fuck they're doing. I mean, I have no doubt that Achua will develop, you know. But them bringing back Myers Leonard, looking like Kelly Olynyk going to be back, um, kind of I feel like stunts the role because he doesn't he does not provide spacing. Feel like it's really hard to get on the floor if you can't shoot. So I think yes, he could do a lot of like because they were describing him you as know, someone like a like a mini Bam type who could do Bam like things. I think what you'll see from Precious is like a lot of a lot of good flashes in a small role, and mm-hmm. NBA Twitter will fall in love with him, but it won't be enough production to win over the entire media. Yeah. I, I could see him having you know a Brandon Clark type rookie year, where that's still very very good, but yeah. That's a you perfect
0: know. comparison. That's yeah. a perfect comparison. He, I, I'm really excited to see him play next to Bam. Me too. Uh, I think that that's going to be the lineup. That's going to be the most fun with him next to Bam and uh, and and Butler and then Tyler Hero out there. I mean what we're yeah we, we have, we're not in like the total free agency talk of this yet but i'm very excited about the heat uh, as i was all through the bubble so that should be a surprise to none of our regular listeners the last one uh, long shot i wanted to throw out there as one that everybody needs to definitely fade i can't believe nico mannions at 66 to one um <laughs> he is less of a long shot than uh cassius winston who you gave out as someone you like
1: Yeah. I mean, so are you, are you low on Nico Mannion? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I feel like the only reason we're talking about him is because
0: he's a fan favorite. He didn't do anything in his college career to make us think that he's anything, but maybe a G league player at this point.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think he kind of embodies one of these trends that I think we're seeing now where, he very similar to the RJ Hampton pick um, very similar to the Tyrese Maxey pick very similar to the Cole Anthony pick guys who were very hyped up coming out of high school who had a rough year in between and now you're basically getting them at a depressed value Um, you know I agree with you I didn't love what I saw from Nico Mannion in in his year at Arizona that being said I feel like for the Warriors it's they kind of take a gamble on a guy who going into last year was maybe going to be a top 10 pick. Um I know for a fact that was what the Nuggets were thinking when they took RJ Hanton at 25. This is this guy, this guy maybe could be a top five talent with one bad year, you know, dropping in 25. So definitely don't like Manny and six, six, to one as rookie of the year. Um But, but I, I agree I do with see what you. the Warriors were, were. I see what they were thinking organizationally making that pick.
0: Yeah, I agree that I think he was a good pick at where they got him. And yeah. especially playing behind Steph could really develop into a super interesting player. And, you know, hopefully he's able to learn from Clay as well. So, uh, you know, maybe Clay will coach him up since he's just going to be sitting on the <laughs> sidelines anyway. Poor Clay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the fact that he's even on the board for rookie of the year at sixty six to one, the books are just taking advantage of people who uh, are still excited about him.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, he, he he very likely will be spending at least half the season on the Santa Cruz Warriors. I would say, yeah, Which is, yeah, they're G League team.
0: <laughs> Agreed. There, the last one we'll talk about just because of my son's fandom, Jalen Smith is at fifty to one. Nobody should touch that with a 20-foot pole. I don't see him playing that many minutes his first year. I do like the long-term potential of him next to Aiton and playing behind Ayton for those, um, you know, in the second unit as a five. Uh, I don't know. Talk me down from feeling totally horrible about that Jalen Smith pick.
1: Yeah, I actually didn't hate the pick at all. And I feel like with the Suns, I mean, you have to respect you have to respect their decision. I mean, Cam Johnson was a pick that NBA Twitter group think universally shat on last year. He ended up looking like a really good pick. I think it's so interesting how the consensus gets built on in, you know, NBA, especially basically NBA Twitter, like that who's good and who's bad. And you have these mock drafts that come together and they build a consensus. And then we end up trusting that over an NBA team's decision-making like Even though the Suns have been a bad organization in the past, like I'll trust them over like some random account with three thousand followers (laughs) being like, "Yo, like fuck, Jalen Smith," but but I I I, mean I I get I
0: I agree with that, and I do think the Suns have shown under James Jones to be moving in the right direction. Yeah, totally. And I, I love the coach. Love the I love what the GM has done so far. And so I do like the direction they are moving. So I should feel good about that. And, uh, you know, Jalen Smith, more of a, some people are asking, well, why didn't they take a Chua there? If that's what they were looking for is a big, but it seems like Jalen Smith is much more of a floor
1: spacer than a Chua, right? I mean, he's got a, yeah. a,
0: a really solid outside shot for a big.
1: Yeah. Jalen Smith's a really good player. I, I, am a, a big Michigan fan seeing him in the big 10 in the last two years, you know, can space it out legit, legit three point shooting threat, you know, phenomenal body. Like if you see that guy's shoulders, just absolutely. He's him and Deandre Aiden are going to be a formidable duo or, or a, you know, backup starter partnership. Um, but yeah, the ability to shoot the basketball, I mean, that's only getting more and more important every single year for every player that you have on the floor who cannot make an open three, that is just such a liability. Um, so I under- totally understand the theory there. Um, just emo- but what about
0: them? Are they going to be snake bit by passing on Halliburton, who was the kind of the consensus best player on the board at that point?
1: Look, I mean, I, th- there was some reporting that Halliburton didn't want to go um, to any of these teams in the top 10. He, for some reason, wanted to go to Sacramento because he liked the fit next to Darren Fox, um, which is weird to me. But that was reported that he only gave his medicals and interview to the Kings. Never heard of that before. Yeah, um, that was I've never heard of anybody wanting to go to the Kings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but look, I mean, it's such a crapshoot at this point. I think while I question taking us taking a big when you have DeAndre Ayton, you have Bridges and Johnson who have proven they can play the they can play the four. You now have Saric back in the fold. So, you know, how many minutes is Jalen Smith playing on this team in the next five years? And the theory of this team never probably never more than 25 or 30. So I think that's always got to question that, but I don't hate the player. And look at the end of the day, this might be a good asset play. You know, if he shows flashes, you can move him for another piece. So you always got to take the player that's, that's best on your board at except in very limited situations. So I don't hate the pick and I'm, I, I like Jalen Smith as a player. Good. Well,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And, um, if you don't have any other like huge draft thoughts, do you want to go into talking about uh, what teams have done trade free agency and where their odds have moved?
1: Yeah, let's get into it. There was uh, almost too much to remember, but shout out to off for this free agency tracker sheet. This yeah. is absolutely fire. Um, so organized, so easy to follow. So shout out to off.
0: Yeah, again, Munaf, you're way too good to us for the the research you do and the bets you give us. Since we're talking about – since we ended with talking about the Suns, we might as well just roll into them quickly. Um, Since adding Chris Paul and re-signing Dario Saric, uh, Javon Carter, picking up Jalen Smith, they have moved from uh, 65-1 to odds to 40 – to one odds to win the championship obviously that's a bit nuts for them to win the west though i did think that it was kind of interesting they moved from uh 40 to 1 odds to 20 to 1 odds to win the western conference which is cons is considerable even for just adding a piece like chris paul while i wouldn't uh uh, wouldn't advocate for anybody to bet on either of those even as long shots um they did also add jay crowder how do you how are you feeling about the suns right now
1: i mean i think i think one a theme for the west especially was that that like middle tier of the west just basically got compressed on one another like i think the suns are definitely they improved in that i think I could totally see them getting up to the three or the four seed now. Um, Mm -hmm. Seems like, you know, Denver got a little bit worse. Houston got a little bit worse. Utah maybe got a little bit better. Dallas maybe a little bit better or worse, but all those teams, Portland got better. Um, So all those teams kind of collapsed onto each other behind the LA teams. I just don't see championship upside here or even Western Conference finals upside. So that makes it tough to take the bet. Although I don't disagree with where they're, Line in comparison to the teams around them, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, totally
1: makes sense. Do you like the Crowder pickup? Yeah, I do. I mean, do you, are you worried about sending Cam Johnson to the bench, or do you not care about that?
0: I'm not. I was excited to see Cam Johnson in the starting rotation, but um, I totally get why they're doing this. Crowder played really well for the Heat. He showed that he can... Um, he can be a hot three-point shooter he's a great defender on fours and threes something that cam johnson is still learning how to be a great defender on so you have a starting five of cp3 booker jay crowder mikhail bridges deandre ayton that's a really formidable defensive starting five as well as uh, offensive and then you have coming out right off the bench cam johnson dario Sarch, jalen smith i mean I get, I know I'm a homer, but I'm getting a little bit of, I'm getting a little bit of a a, a chubby right now. I was just looking at that.
1: A little, little, little Chubinski. <laughs> a little Chubinski right there. That's, uh, no, I mean, look, they're, they're solid. There's no doubt about it. They made a lot of impressive moves, and Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder just kind of hammers that home. Just He's a definition of a solid player, Um guy you yeah. can count on. So to have him and CP3 now in your starting and closing five, is so big for, because if they do get to the playoffs, it'll obviously be Devin Booker and, and Deandre Aiden their first time there. Um Although I guess they had the playoff experience chasing the eight seed in the, and I did use air quotes there yeah. in the bubble. Yeah.
0: You did just use the air quotes, which you shouldn't have. Come on. That was total playoff. No, I get what you mean. And um I'm getting way too excited about him. And I, I was, I was bummed about the Jalen Smith pick, but I'm, I've been turned around on it, so I am I, I am excited about that, and I'm. It's interesting to see how their line has moved for um, championship and uh, Western Conference championship, but nobody should be touching that. I'm very curious to see where their um, total wins are at. And now for another quick break to hear from our friends at Thrive Fantasy, and we'll be right back. If you're not already on Thrive Fantasy, what are you doing? This is such a fun new app. It's a new type of daily fantasy sports app, specifically for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game choosing an nfl tournament you choose 10 out of 20 available player props to build your lineup and then each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the enter based on how likely it is to hit hit the most props and rack up the most points to share the prize pool sgpn listeners have an exclusive contest this thursday aka american thanksgiving because i know we have some canadian listeners out there It's called the SGP Thrive Contest. It's created just for our listeners. It's a $3 entry, single entry, 100 users in total. The password is SGP, if you kind of guessed that. So make sure to head over to ThriveFantasy.com to download their app you can also download it at the App Store, Google Play Store. Just make sure to use promo code SGP when you sign up, and you will receive an instant match up to $50 on your first deposit. So again, download Thrive Fantasy, sign up, and prop up today. And don't forget promo code SGP. So the team who's was the favorite, and then just their odds moved even more to being the favorite with some very impressive uh, trays and free agency. I guess we'll start at the top with the Los Angeles Lakers. They moved from plus 335 to plus 300. They added uh, Dennis Schroeder, Montrez Harrell, Mark All, Wesley Matthews. Uh, they re-signed KCP. Not sure what they're doing with Kuzma. Now um, they lost Dwight Howard, and which is fine. Um, they lost JaVale McGee, which seems like they're going to make up with, and some, then some with, uh, Gasol and Harrell. Um, how is this not just the runaway favorite right now?
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think, I mean, we, we both did this last year. I think we bet we, we had no problem taking the Lakers at a short price. I mean, they got better. I don't think, I don't, I still don't think that they're like a far and away a favorite to win the title here. I mean, I, I still think. They, they don't win it 51% of the time, but yeah, they have so many options now around LeBron and AD in terms of how they want to close games, how they want to start games. They can play pretty much any style. I mean, it's really impressive what they did with this roster. Um, you know, they have, Yeah,
0: I think the thing, the thing that stopped me from loving them last year was their bench and uh, a lack of exciting options off the bench. I think, Having a player like Schroeder who can take some of the ball handling burden and shot creation out of LeBron's hands, he's like a younger version of Rondo. Having him and Harrell coming off the bench as a great pick and roll option kind of mimics what the Clippers had with Lou Williams and Harrell coming off the bench as a pick and roll option. I feel like that right there is is dangerous. I mean, that's... That's an underrated, dangerous thing, right there.
1: Yeah. So, and and look, Schroeder could obviously thrive offensively. Uh, I mean, think about the think about him running pick and roll with AD too. I mean, that that's yeah. just going to be. But look, they they can go big. They can they can they can give you Marcus Saul who's arguably even though he's not as mobile as he used to be, he's one of the best post defenders in the NBA. So if you look at you know taking away your opponent's best, I mean. That pretty much solves their Nikola Jokic problem. You have AD and Mark Gasol for 48 minutes. That's that that's phenomenal. Or they can mm-hmm. go small. They can push AD up to the five, get Wes Matthews and KCP out on the wing with LeBron at the four. I mean, that's an unreal defensive trio of of wing players right there. If, you know, maybe you need to handle Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Um, or or so, I mean, that you have really, really good options. Uh Schroeder, yeah, Kuzma, they just Caruso. Have s- There's so many options. Yeah,
0: they just have so many more looks than they did last season. Yeah, uh, it's it's really exciting to to think about. Um, yeah, I mean, so
1: although I I, I will say Dave Mc Dave McEniman reported that AD wants to play the four full time now um, in the regular season. So I guess I, I
0: mean he's he said that last season. Too. So I think it's fine if he plays the four most of the regular season and keeps him from getting banged up against the five. I mean, they can. I can definitely see. I mean, he can play next to Gasol very well, and he could even play next to Harrell. Harrell can play the five next to AD.
1: Yeah, I know. I I love this team. I think they're definitely a bet on for me. Even you're you're are you showing you're showing plus three hundred right my bookie. yeah um, yeah, I, I I think that's a bet. I I, I think they I really like them this year. Obviously, I mean yeah. they're they're at a defending chance, but yeah, their roster I go, got better.
0: I would feel okay about hammering even the the favorite. I'd be okay with hammering that at plus three hundred. Um, okay, is there? I guess let's move to kind of the sad warriors. They <laughs> went from um, they went from being like a six to one favorite to win the championship or like a 10 to 1 depending on what book you were looking at they were all the way down to uh 20 to 1 or uh, i'm also seeing uh, 27 and a uh, to like 27 and a half to one <sighs> losing clay obviously huge um but they did add weisman they add nico mannion they added uh kelly Ubre, brad wanamaker there's still a fun team, they have a starting five of Steph, Wiggins, Oubre, Draymond, and Weissman. Um, plus, you know, your boy, Marquis Chris, what <laughs> uh, are we too? Uh, obviously as basketball fans, every bas- every true basketball fan loves Clay Thompson. So that is a bummer. But are we too bummed about this? Are they still a contender?
1: Um, I don't think they're like a bona fide contender per se, but I do think they're like a scrappy team that's going to come in and nobody wants to play. So, and Steph Curry talked about this in an interview yesterday. He said it's kind of refreshing not to be considered a favorite because now we have nothing to lose. We're just out there chasing the Lakers. And obviously, if anyone knows how hard it is to defend a title, um, it's it's Steph and the Warriors. But I think the Kelly Oubre pickup. And I'm sure you know his game better than me, that he's a former Valley boy. Um, but mm-hmm. I did not realize that he averaged 19 points a game uh, last year. Good three-point shooter. Um, he all he talks, says all the right things about wanting to buy in on defense um, and, and play the he, right way.
0: He took, a, he took a huge step under Monty Williams last season. I think that he's still – people forget – he feels like he's been in the league longer than he has. He's only 22, 23 years old still. Wow. I think last season was the first season he really had solid coaching and a good team around him. So I could see him his game really, speaking of breakout players for next year, I could definitely see Ubre being heads and tails better than he was this season. He still have a tendency to be a bit of a ball hog, maybe not move the ball as much as he needs to. But if any team could break him of a habit like that, it's the Warriors, right?
1: Yeah. And look, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's a Clay Thompson replacement because Clay Thompson is, is a fin- absolutely phenomenal player on both ends. But look, Ubre lowers the extent to which Steph and Draymond are going to have to carry the load. You know, he's a really nice support player for them. And look, they obviously don't have their big three, but if Oubre plays well for them and Wiggins takes another step, you add Wiseman, you know, the burden of Clay being hurt will be spread out across more guys. And now, you know, if Steph has a very good season, I still think they have the chops to be a very good team that, you know, like I said, nobody's going to want to play these guys in the playoffs. They have, they still have Draymond Green. And look, they still have pieces to throw at the board. They have that $9.3 million disabled player exception that Clay's injury created. They still have um, parts of their mid-level. Obviously, they have a hefty tax bill, but um, they still have one more, one or two more moves to make to improve this team. So, do you um,
0: do you see them keeping Wiggins?
1: I think I think if a deal's there to be made, I think Wiggins is obviously the salary that they would use to acquire Bradley Beal um, if they want to put that Minnesota 2021 pick on the table. Um, look, I think if you're the Warriors, I, I honestly would not hate going all in right now and just go get Bradley Beal and just try to be as good as you can right now. Um if that if that deal's there to be made. Um like you don't you can't waste another couple of years of Stephen Draymond's prime now. I think the Ubre addition means this year is not going to be a waste. I I don't think that's the case, but if they went and got Bradley Beal, they would still be a con- title contender this year. Maybe Clay comes back the year after and then you're a title favorite um if he's healthy, but um Definitely going to be fascinating to see, do they throttle up and try to chase the chip this year? Or do they maybe take a step back and try to calm it down, collect a couple more assets. They're definitely a swing team. I think at 20 to one, there's no way I would take that right now. Um, But I could also see that going up or down a lot, depending on if they make a couple more moves.
0: You know, without any inside information, obviously, I think that they're still going to chase the championship. After a lost season yeah. last year, you can't – you know, Draymond is is quickly deteriorating as a player, I think. I think he's not going to hold up for that much longer at, at a serious all-star level talent. And Steph, you know, he lost last year, and he's not – he's still in his prime i mean he's not gonna want to i think they're all in so you're right i think they're gonna try to probably move wiggins for a bigger piece but if they even if they can't i still think they're an outside uh shifty team to look at
1: yeah and prayers up to clay that was absolutely devastating that that injury hurt me honestly as much as any nba player injury just because of how much of a competitor he is
0: and finally, I just want to take a quick break to tell you about our good friends at Ace Per Head. Ace Per Head has been sponsoring this podcast since the beginning. And even though they might not know me personally, I consider them very good friends. And I'll be thanking, giving thanks for them on Thanksgiving because a lot of guys out there, I'm sure, are thinking about a different career path right about now after a tough 2020 and Maybe you're tired of paying your bookie, and you actually want to be the bookie, but you don't know how. Well. Ace for Head is here to help you start your own sportsbook. They're going to provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace for Head offers a live betting and an amazing mobile experience so your customers are always going to have an opportunity to be playing and that's what you want. Get started today, and ace is offering up to you six weeks free. That's right, six weeks free. Just go over to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> they, mm. they they've they've been making some moves and they've gone from uh, hundred and forty to one to win it all to one hundred and twenty five to one, which is whatever, just but that gives you an idea. But now they're thirty-five to one to win the East. They have Trey Young they've added Chris Dunn they've added Rajan Rondo so uh that's an interesting backcourt with you know Chris Dunn being a great defending uh guard next to Trey Young who has problems defending uh Rondo kind of being the you know savvy veteran to teach them more they added Gallinari who I love uh John Collins and Clint Capella I think can play next to each other and then they got they drafted a Kongu uh long shot pick to win the east any thoughts there
1: yeah I'm I'm actually very very opposed to Atlanta's offseason this I I I thought I I actually thought they had maybe the worst offseason of anyone in the NBA really I, I just do not understand what they're thinking I mean you are you seriously putting Danilo Gallinari over John Collins, who's like your young up and coming big? Um, they, you know, adding Bogey, adding Chris Dunn, Rajon Rondo. They made so many win now moves that don't improve their ceiling beyond anything other than an eight no, I mean, don't they exit. play?
0: Don't they play Gallinari next to
1: Collins next to Capella? Like uh, Gallinari at the three? No, I don't think Gallinari can play. I mean, who, who guards wings on the other team? Gallinari, both those guys are absolute defensive liabilities. I think Gallo needs to play the four at this point in his career. Playing him at the three is an absolute mistake. Um, if you want to have any, mo- I mean, I guess they're going all offense, but um, I just don't get these moves. And like Nate Duncan was talking about this a lot on his podcast, how, how could you short circuit this rebuild? You traded up for Deandre Hunter last year, sacrificed so much draft capital. He's basically a forgotten man on this team now. Cam Reddish, mm-hmm. Kevin Herter. I mean, where are the minutes going to come for these guys? Um, if if you're playing Gallo at the three, and then now you have Bogdanovich at the two, um, basically no minutes for first round picks, sunk cost assets. Um, and for what? Like to make the eight seed, to keep Trey Young happy? Um Now, John Collins on the trade block. I thought this was just, they had a good process going. They had a lot of nice young pieces on this team building around Trey Young. I thought they completely short-circuited everything. And this is the approach that so many teams make this mistake where it is painful to rebuild, but you have to go through the pains of it in order to actually become, to have a championship ceiling down the line. Like, it's very easy to, Okay, it hurts to rebuild. Yes, losing is not fun, but when you make short-term moves like this to chase a seven or an eight seed, you're going to find yourself in the exact same position. Um, you know, three years from now is Trey Young's a clutch client. He goes to the Lakers, and you have Gallinari in the last year of his deal, wallowing away, and you have to rebuild again. So I thought this was just a real lack of patience by the Hawks organization. And look, they are going to be—they're going to have a good offense, and they're going to be fun to watch, but. Um, I just thought see? this completely limited their. I mean, it just limited their ceiling, and it locked them into an eight seed, where they're going to lose to the Bucks four-one in the first round. And you know, Trey Young might be happy, but I just don't really see the point. And I thought they really could have done well to, um, continue to develop their young pieces and maybe make a move. They I thought they were one or two years away. I mean, you look at the Suns, a team like them. I, th- I thought they. They even were maybe a year early, but at least they kind of improved to the point where they were ready to bring Chris Paul into the fold. You know, you have a playoff sort of shell, and now you add that one piece in. Um, I thought it was way too early in the process for the Hawks to do this. Um, So you'd fade
0: them. You're fading them this season rather than... And you you see this as more likelihood of it imploding rather than
1: making much of a difference. I I think... not not to be confused i mean i think they're going to be a fine team i think they have a chance of you know getting that eight or seven seed making the playoffs and having a good offense so they're not an auto fade for me i I just i hate the process and i hate the theory of what they tried to do with this offseason i just don't understand short-circuiting your development like that um so you know don't take this as you know i hate the hawks are going to implode i think they very well may they they will improve you know they They've got win now players, but they sacrificed a lot to do it. So I hate the process, but they will be better. No chance they win the East, so I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch that thirty to one.
0: And what do you think about the Bogdanovich? Let's talk real quickly because I, I forgot to mention it when I was reading off their players. What do you think about that addition? And then that'll help us uh, segue into the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, yeah.
1: I mean, I, 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 I like Bogdan.
0: Go ahead. No, I, was just I, say I like, like Bogdanovich as a player. Yeah, <laughs> I but like he's, him as a
1: player. Go ahead. But
0: he's <laughs> isn't he also like a defensive liability? Like, is it are they going to be totally all? I mean, they. I like Chris Dunn as a as a defensive piece, but I don't know. Is he going to be able to get many minutes in that backcourt with yeah. Rondo, uh,
1: Bogdanovich, and Trey Young all there? and Herder and Reddish and also Herter, yeah. I mean look they, they, and this is a theme I think they're this team has like 13 guys that expect minutes like that's just not it's just not going to work I mean you're asking Lloyd Pierce to manage this you have I, I you know Bogdanovich is yes he's a great offensive player but is he is he going to help you win a championship more than potentially d- developing the guy you drafted in the top 10 last year Cam Reddish um I don't know but but yeah, I like Bogdanovich as a player. Again, I don't like the theory of putting him over first round pick some costs, but um, you know, he's, he, he could be pesky at times, a defender, um, but yeah, between him and Trey, I mean, he's not like going to make up for Trey in the way that maybe Chris mm-hmm. Dunn would, but like you said, Chris Dunn is going to have a really hard time seeing the floor here. I mean, I don't think Rondo went here to sit on the bench. Um, yeah. Just a lot of guys who expect minutes, but definitely it, Interesting. I, I'd be curious to know the pressures that Shrey Young and his team put on the Hawks to make some of these moves and win now, and why they said yes to those demands. If yeah. that makes sense. <laughs>
0: yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, okay, so the mess yeah, the with Bucks. the Bucks. Yeah, I was gonna say like the transitions to the mess that the Bucks had with believing they had. Bogdanovich uh, a trade with uh Dante Di and that blew up I still don't totally understand why that did I know that it, he didn't like Bogdanovich didn't agree to it and then it fell through and I don't know are the Bucks gonna come out of this happy that they actually lost him or is this a big was this a real loss for them
1: I think this is a real I mean look they're they're now they're caught in between the two visions right I mean when they were when they were potentially getting bogdanovich their starting five like you had said best starting five in the league but they sacrificed all their depth Mm -hmm. and losing bogdanovich didn't really help their depth (laughs) so they're they're sort of now caught in no man's land where they're asking DiVincenzo to now step into that theoretical bogdanovich role um and yeah obviously just a total embarrassment for that bucks organization the way they mismanaged this offseason they had a issue with Pat Connaughton, where now they have to overpay him because they were confused on what type of contract they could give him. Um, obviously, bungling this Bogdanovich situation. I mean, the reason why it fell through is because of tampering. It's just, why did you have to leak that to Woj so mm-hmm. early? I mean, just tell Giannis privately that you're getting Bogdanovich. You didn't have to leak that to the media to make a public statement. That just made – I mean, obviously, no one could have predicted that this tampering thing would, would – become as big of a deal as it did but you know just send a private text to Giannis saying hey we're making win now moves don't leak yeah. it to Woj if, if it's if it's not a sure thing that just makes it look so bad for them as an organization but I thought they did okay I, I like Bryn Forbes he will definitely make a lot of open threes off Giannis kickouts um, Tory Craig Tor- is Tor- a nice Craig. piece I mean he's not he's not a surefire lockdown on the wing but I could definitely see him closing games um, for them, especially if Brooke Lopez takes another step back as he continues to age. Um, I think they they would love to have Marvin Williams back. I mean, they need a solid 3 and D wing who can complete the lineup with Giannis at the 5. Um, I don't hate this team. I mean, I, th- I think Drew is going to be a nice upgrade for them, but yeah, they just just totally bungled this offseason, and I guess they still think Giannis might sign, but man i mean just embarrassing the way that bogdanovich thing played out yeah
0: because they went down when people were thinking that they had bogdanovich they went down to a plus 500 for the championship they're back to uh plus 600 right now i wouldn't bet that uh even a plus 600 i feel like you're right this if i'm d vincenzo am i knowing that you wanted to trade me and then be back. That's got to be awkward on the locker room, a a locker room that they said was really tight, but now it seems like they're starting to realize they're all expendable pieces.
1: Yeah. And it's a totally new group of guys too. I mean, yeah, you have Giannis, Chris, Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez holdovers, but it seems like, you know, guys like Kyle Corver and George Hill um, and Wes Matthews were very big for the culture there um, in that locker room. So they'll have to rebuild that too. I mean, Drew Holiday is known to be a great leader, so maybe he can help out with that. I mean, I, I, I just don't. I still don't like this team because I just don't think Giannis is that good in in the playoffs. Um, and I think this team is still going to be reliant on who Giannis becomes in the playoffs. If if he can take it to the next level, um, they'll be the favorites in the East. But if he continues to you know play as he has in his career thus far, they they will not. Um, but, I mean,
0: here is something from. Here's kind of a, a different perspective. I, I just, before we got on here, I was listening to uh, Zach Lowe's podcast. He had Chris Herring on, and they were talking about how people are kind of shitting on this Drew Holiday trade as you gave up way too much to get rid of Eric Bledsoe. And he, pointed out that Bledsoe is completely a regular season player. He's been terrible in the playoffs. Um, He shot like 22% on jumpers in rounds that they lost in the playoffs. They're paying him $17 million for a point guard that you can't rely on in the playoffs. Whereas Drew, like, he's kind of an upgrade at every position over. Bledsoe, except maybe shooting, but at least you know he's a steadier presence than Bledsoe, who always just seemed totally overwhelmed in the
1: playoffs. Yeah, no, I think that, that's a good point. I think Drew is, has a potential to be a hinge piece, because if, if Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Drew can play like a bona fide big three, which I don't think people see them that way, but they do kind of have the chance to be that. They do kind of complement each other well in theory. So if they can be a big three that has, you know, legitimate star power, then you can kind of see how a bunch of guys on minimum contracts plus, plus Berg Lopez could form a winning team around them. Um, yeah. but, but Burke starts... Lopez,
0: we shouldn't overlook. I mean, one of the, still one of the best bigs in the league, as far as what a uh, second best shot blocker last season and a great stretch five, which yep. you don't get a lot of.
1: Yeah. I, I but like you said, I think, this, this is going to come down to Drew, how good he is, and, and Chris Middleton is not being talked about at all. He needs to take another step forward. Um, but yeah, they're going to be a really, really interesting story. Obviously, Giannis still has not signed the Supermax extension, um, and that's sort of now that a lot of these deals have come in. That's, that's now the biggest story in the NBA is all eyes on Milwaukee.
0: Yeah, right. Um, Okay, so I have two more teams on my list that I definitely want to talk about, and then I'll open it up to you to just throw out whatever uh, moves that you've seen that you like. Um, We can't talk about the Lakers without talking about the Clippers. They have not had as splashy of moves as the Lakers. They lost Harrell. Um, You know, they still have Lou Williams. They added Luke Kennard, which that makes me scratch my head a little bit um i do like the addition of serge abaca because i think that abaca is actually somebody who can do a better job guarding Jokic and the other bigs in the west um at least better than Jamichael green and harold did when when Zubac needs to take a breather uh where are you at with the clippers at plus 600 right now
1: Yeah, I I honestly think that's a good bet, too. I I like the Clippers a lot. Um, Serge Ibaka, I thought, was just a great pickup for them, Um, not only in terms of the the on-the-floor fit, but he's an established veteran who buys into Kawhi Leonard, and he's won a championship with Kawhi Leonard before. I think that's so big for them. Mm -hmm. I think losing Trez, I mean, yes, it hurts, but also keep in mind, I mean, it seemed like Trez was kind of the one who had issues with Kawhi and P.G., that was sort of a cause of a rift on this team last year. So I think they come into this year, they're unquestionably Kawhi Leonard's team. I don't know if they're going to move Lou Williams or not, but they have sort of moved on from that old culture, I guess, or, or whatever, whatever you want to call it. I mean, so I do, I do like this team. I mean, I think Kawhi is going to bounce back. Obviously Paul George has to be better. I mean, that's sort of the hinge for this team. I mean, is Paul, is Paul George the 25th best player in the NBA or is Paul George the ninth best player in the NBA, which is what we saw him be in OKC. Um, so he needs to get back to that. But, yeah, Serge Ibaka I thought was a really good pickup. I, I would much rather have Serge Ibaka at the mid-level than, than Montrezl Harrell um, just because of that, that two-way versatility and the ability to hit the three ball. Um, so, yeah, I think Lakers at plus 300, Clippers at plus 600, both good bets. I had bet on both of them last year. That worked out nicely. And I think that might be the way, again, this year, I think if You look at the Western Conference, I think it's very clearly LA LA and then a big drop-off in tier to everyone else. Um, maybe I would yeah. put Brooklyn in that category too, in terms of true championship contender, but
0: I agree. I you know, and I, I think that Lou Williams uh can still run a good pick and roll with Sergei Baca off this off the bench. So you're not losing that great pick and roll. As I mean, it's not going to be as good as Harrell, but um, I do think that that's uh, going to be nasty coming off the bench for them as well. Uh, whereas, you're right, Ibaka, just a, a more veteran presence. Whereas Harold, you know, while very athletic, seem like a real wild card there. And Again, it all comes down to can Paul George be a total star again? Um, they also re-signed Marcus Morris, which, I don't know, I guess he's fine as your four in the starting lineup. I mean, that's... a as excited as you can get about him, he's fine there.
1: Yeah. I mean, they overpaid him for sure, but they couldn't really afford to lose him. He's another good wing for them. I mean, they're still, they're still a really good team. I mean, I think they became the butt end of a joke because of the way they went out in the playoffs and how much shit they talked and then losing to the nuggets blowing a three, one lead. But I still think they're, they're as much of a co-favorite as they were last year. I mean, If we recall sort of the narrative last year was Lakers, Clippers, then everybody else. Um, And yes, the Clippers lost that one series to the Nuggets. I still think the league is much more similar to that than uh, people are sort of giving it credit for. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So we have uh, back in the East, we have the Heat to win the East at plus 675, um, which I think is a good bet. 20 to one to win it all. They've only improved in the off season with uh, adding Avery Bradley, Mo Harkless was I think are two pieces that are going to be underrated but are good defensive presences off here or Avery Bradley more of a defensive presence off the bench. Mo Harkless is a guy a big who can stretch the floor. You have a Chua. They re sign Miles Leonard. Seems like they're going to still have Olenek there and Iguodala. Um I don't know. Like, why isn't this Heat even more of a favorite to win the East?
1: I mean, I I still like the Heat. I think they, so much of their reputation right now was earned in last year's playoffs. Like, going into the playoffs last year, obviously you were high on them, but the whole, you know, not everyone was as high as them as you were. Um, I think there's definitely a question about how sustainable was that? Um, I don't think they got better or worse in in free agency. I mean, yeah, losing Crowder hurt was Crowder going to shoot the ball as well as he did last year. Probably not. Um, you know, you get Gore on back, hopefully he's healthy. So I think, I think this is about right. I probably wouldn't touch this. I think my two favorite teams in the East right now are Boston and Brooklyn. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the heat are going to be, they're going to be that same team again. Nobody wants to play them. Very, very physical, tough, great defense. Um, but look, they they weren't a great regular season team last year. Um, and a lot of those same reasons are going to be true again this year. I mean, Jimmy Butler is a guy who raises his level in the playoffs. Bam out of bio, you know, his defensive versatility becomes more at a premium in the playoffs. Um, so I think I could still see them being that five or six seed. Um, mm-hmm. and you'd be counting on them to go on a run again, which again, very, very possible. This is a playoff team, um, and they're built, they're built for that. So you mentioned
0: the Celtics. They lost Gordon Hayward for nothing. They got nothing back for him. It looked like they might be able to swing a sign-in trade uh, with Indiana and um, at least get back something. They lost him for nothing and then ended up uh, signing Tristan Thompson. I, I feel like the Celtics didn't, in imp- I I feel like they're a little worse than they were last year now.
1: Ah, I mean, I, I feel like, yes, it, it's not great to lose Gordon for nothing, but Gordon didn't really give them that much that they can't replace. I mean, I think Jason Tatum, you have another year in development. He's take he's taking up all, he's soaking up all of that. Obviously it's nice to have Gordon Hayward off your bench, uh, but that's what he was for this team. So I, I don't think they're, at a loss to replace his production. Um, love what I saw out of Jalen and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I mean, I think they're becoming somewhat underrated. Love that wing duo. You have Marcus Smart taking on a featured role for this team, Ken buckling back. And look, I, I really like the Tristan Thompson addition for them. I think Tristan Thompson was a great pickup. Um, you have him, him plus Tice plus Grant Williams. Nice change of pace at the center position. Can go with all three of those guys. Um, Give you something a little bit different um but yeah i just think this team is going to continue to take another step forward i thought they were they were right there with the heat last year um and uh yeah i think, I mean, they're, gonna take, makers, I think they're gonna take a step forward
0: bookmakers have them uh getting worse as they've gone from plus 400 odds to win the east to the plus 550 so if you still like them that's a good time to jump on those longer odds yeah definitely so um all right so those are all the teams i had written down i don't know if you want to talk about charlotte um it seems kind of a dumpster fire continue to be a dumpster fire what they're doing there um i don't know it's we've been going for over an hour now who else do really sticks out as somebody you wrote down you want to talk about
1: well i'll get a couple in rapid fire um denver obviously losing jeremy grant hurt that was kind of a shocker he went to Detroit for a featured role. Don't know how that'll work out for him, but thought it was a nice pivot to, um, get to Michael Green, get Paul Millsat back kind of mm-hmm. shore up the true power forwards. And now all eyes are on Michael Porter jr. Cause he is going to take on a big role for this Denver team next year. So that'll be exciting. Um, do you think but- it
0: might end up being better in the long run that grant left and maybe this will force Porter to get more minutes?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I think they were going to start together regardless mm-hmm. of the three and the four last year and Porter, but now even more, I mean, the, fo- you know, Michael Porter jr. Is not a featured wing for this team. So yeah, definitely think he's going to be in a big role and he'll have to sink or swim. So that's going to be exciting. Um, Portland, but they got better. Um, mm-hmm. love the move. They got Covington in and Derek Jones jr. Shore up that wing rotation. Um,
0: you and know, I think, we- uh, another big one is a full healthy season of Nurk. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Yeah. He showed what a big difference he made in the bubble versus when they didn't have him. And then yeah. they have Ennis Cantor to back him up. Yeah.
1: Healthy Nurk. obviously Zach Collins, is recovery from an ankle surgery, I guess. So that's something to watch, but you know, Gary Trent Jr. Another guy who emerged in the bubble. Um, he comes back full year of him at that level will be great. Um, let's see what else. Um, the Raptors, um, I think they are going to be definitely hurt by losing Ibaka and Gasol. I mean, that was their that was their, basically their big man rotation. They're going to be now asking Aaron Baines to come in with Chris Boucher off the bench. So I don't think the Raptors have the kind of upside that they had last year. I think they'll take another slight step back this year um, and maybe refit that team for the future. Uh, the Mavericks, I think definitely important to note that Porzingis is not going to be healthy for the start of the year. Um, they made some nice moves. I like the Josh Richardson addition for them, um, but definitely all eyes on Porzingis. I mean, if it's another year where he's affected by that knee, it's you're starting to get a little bit concerned in Dallas. Um, so that's definitely something to monitor. Houston, Christian Wood, nice pickup for them. Looks like they're going to be keeping James Harden and Russell Westbrook going into the season. So as far as I'm concerned, I like this Houston team. Um, well,
0: and right before we started uh, recording and breaking news, they picked up boogie.
1: Oh yeah. They picked up boogie too. Uh, that, so, you know, he, if he's healthy, he could he could be another nice piece for them. They still have PJ Tucker, still have Eric Gordon, still have Daniel house. Um, so, I
0: mean, so what are
1: you, where are you at
0: with, if, if you have like an angry Rockets team, I mean, with Harden wanting already making it apparent that he wants to leave Westbrook already making it apparent he wants to leave. So you got these two disgruntled superstars. Um, the odds right now thirty to one to win the championship. Uh, I don't know what they are to win. Let's see uh, to win the West are at fifteen to one. I don't know. I'm not touching any Rockets bets. I feel like this could all implode. I see what you're saying with they improved by the pieces, but I, I don't know. I also yeah, I wanna... you're adding you're adding a disgruntled NBA player boogie cousins to an already weird situation
1: yeah i honestly want to see them play before i would bet anything on them just to see kind of what their energy looks like but um yeah i mean obviously a ton of moves so this was this was fun to uh go through a lot of this and i just can't it's so crazy that we're you know less than a month away from the season from the regular season starting so be fun to keep looking at all this yeah
0: yeah so okay well there's so many more moves to talk about if you guys have questions please go on our slack go to sg.pn slash slack to sign up if you're not already there Zach and I are on the uh, NBA channel on our slack uh, we're on there a lot uh, and if we're not there Guys who know even more than us maybe are on there with a uh, Munaf and Papa Kamis and plenty of guys on there who always have good bets and insight. So check that out. You can follow me at the Ryan McKee. Follow Zach at NBA Zach B. Um, hope you guys all have a great holiday, a good start to the uh, college basketball season starting tomorrow. Um, all right, we'll see you guys next week.
1: Bubba Bubba basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the ball because I'm gonna talk it. Baba bubba basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the ball because I'm gonna talk it. Baba bubba basketball, gimme, gimme, give me the ball because I'm gonna